Welcome to the Product and Cake podcast. We are introducing now the summer season of the podcast and here with me at the at the lake basically sits Goncha. Hello, you? hello. I'm really good. The weather is nice. There is a nice breeze from the water and I'm not sure about our editing skills. So if you will hear the background noise of the water because there is a fountain here or not. Fountains, but other people talking. Yeah, it is very summer vibe. So let's like see it. what the AI can make out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we are super happy to not sit anymore in front of the computers, right? With, with our tech jobs that drive us daily. Yeah, it is super nice to be a little bit out of the house and the weather is nice to be able to record outside because a little bit before it was too cold and I'm sure a little bit after it will be too warm. So now is the perfect time. Yeah, welcome to German weather. That's, <laughs> that's how we do it here. I, I called a friend this uh, lunchtime and asked him, hey, do we want to have lunch together? And he said, I have no time because in 10 minutes my OKR session starts again. Oh. Again, I will spend the whole afternoon in planning. I hate oh. this crazy shit. And I said, okay, good, good fun. We are not using OKRs. Have fun with it. And he was oh, a little nice. bit jealous. So I thought I wanted to ask you, what do you think about OKRs? Oof, that is a loaded question. So I think OKRs are a great tool if used correctly for specific teams at specific levels of the maturity that they have. So I don't think it's a one size fits all. And the issue that I think most companies face at the moment with OKR is that they drag it along so much that it becomes a tiring process that it takes basically two, three, even four weeks of your time within each quarter to just discuss the OKRs. So basically a month, one third of your OKR time to work on the initiatives is gone to just discuss things. I have to say, I never met someone who was looking forward to OKR planning or yeah. anything around it. Maybe beside the, the upper management, when they say, <laughs> hey, Google invented OKRs and they made Google super successful, look at where they are at the moment. We also need to do to use that tool now. So you mentioned um, it is the, a, a fantastic tool for the right team, yeah. right? Well, and right, right state of the company, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you ever participated in an OKR? Oh, look at that. There are two turtles swimming. In oh, my there. God. That is so nice. Oh, my God. That is that is amazing. <laughs> now you can guess where we are sitting here in Berlin. I think this thing is famous for the turtles. I didn't know. Oh, that's so good to hear. So, yeah, I, I've, been in a, I've been in a company that we use OKRs. Right now, my team also uses OKRs. Mm -hmm. And previously, I've worked in companies that very successful use OKRs and also companies that failed massively. So what makes OKR successful for you? What was what was different to the one that failed? For me, I, uh, the first thing is that it it is easy to plan. It is just you already know what you want to do um, to make it 
clear for the rest of the team and the rest of the company to create visibility and to make each and every one of the team members accountable for what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, you just set the metrics for that and what you want to achieve, what is the baseline, and to just be able to measure if what you're doing is correct or not. Beside that, it should not come as a surprise that, oh, this quarter we are working on that topic and that initiative. It's, it should be very, very easy. As an example, if you have an e-commerce company that sells clothes and the team that you are is responsible for the a clothes detail page. So the page that you see the information, this, you see the model, da, da, da. and right now, uh, one of the items that I assume is your main metrics to track is how many people will, after visiting that page, will add that item to the basket. Because that's your area of responsibility. So this part should not come as a surprise. If you, in general, as a strategy of a bigger strategy of the company, are going to have a more inclusive uh, product, then probably on this page, what you need to do is, uh, or as an as an part of the OKR, what you need to do is to allow this visibility, to allow users to find the models on the information page that looks like them, and are modeling the clothes. So this will be part of your career. It should not be out of the ordinary. It should not be surprising to anyone. It should just make you accountable, put a number next to what you're doing, and put a number as a baseline or a flat case that, okay, if we do not have any initiatives, if we do not improve on anything, where we will end at the end of the quarter, okay, with the things that we want to do, where we will end. This... Um Here's to me exactly to the fact that OKRs are a tool yeah. you are using when you know what to do, right? You exactly. Have, with your example, there's a super clear mission and from somewhere else, from bigger strategy perspective, we have already set the, the direction yeah. and the goal where we want to head to. In the last years in my consulting jobs and day jobs and so on, it was not often the case that someone in the team was able to say, hey, this is our end goal and this is the next best step. Mm. Let's define the, the key results. And it showed very clearly when we discussed, first of all, very much about uh, concrete initiatives and then also about the numbers. And yeah. then suddenly the discussion in the tech team starts, okay, how should we measure the numbers basically? And... Yeah. That is for me a very clear sign that in, if that question appears, OKRs are definitely not your tool to align the company. Exactly. Because OKRs are not solving anything. They're not helping you with setting up a strategy or explain that or shorten the discussions, right? It is making visible where you are going at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And... For me, there is a telltale sign, and also you mentioned it uh, briefly. Oops. Uh, you mentioned it briefly. When the team, when defining OKRs, does not start from the strategy, but does start from the initiatives that they want to do in the quarter. So we want to fix this bug, we want to um, add that feature, we want to make this look nicer. When they start from that point, 
and move to okay how can we uh, create a create a common group how can we group these initiatives and what title can we give to this group of initiatives uh, to make it make sense that that is a failed okr to me it is just you are trying with the things that you have already in mind of what features to do you're just trying to add a title to that 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 is completely wrong the, and that is the moment that you need to see okay why is the case do don't we have the strategy don't we have the bigger vision if we do why didn't the team start from there and started from the initiatives that they have maybe they are going to opposite directions maybe the things that the team thinks they need to work on are completely the opposite direction that the strategy says then let's bridge this gap so it is it is very important to do the OKRs right and by doing OKRs right I don't mean necessarily that you need to follow the Google model that how the wording needs to work correct that that is not the point of the OKRs the point of OKRs is to measure what matters yeah and again I really like that you stated that it is more like a framework and you put the yeah. parts out of it that makes actually use at, at your uh, product state. And then it is like a good incubation project that you try the first steps and then you sit together and see if it is aligned already or you need to choose something else to make your homework first to yeah. define the strategy and then make it visible. Or maybe also be brave enough to say as an answer no OKRs are not working for us exactly. I saw so many teams that started with OKRs and then they said okay we invested so much time and money and coaching and time spent in meeting rooms we need to use it now and this is never a good guidance if everyone is suffering from the overall process yeah exactly I, I also think it makes sense to even say I know it might be a little bit bold but If you do not have a strategy overall for where the company should be headed, where the products should be headed, and not necessarily the vision, but the guidance, the tactics that you would like to use to win the game, if you do not have that, OKRs might not necessarily be the right tool. Maybe something that we tested also before is the highest risk assumptions. Yeah. What is the next best thing that we need to put out of the way? Yeah. So we did not have at that moment any necessarily a strategy, but what we knew was the biggest roadblock at that moment. So we worked on uh, on that instead of wasting our time and everyone else's time and effort on defining OTRs. Yeah. So choose for your task the right tool and not the other way around. Exactly. And having highest risk assumptions for incubation projects, for example, is a super nice tool that yeah. is fast, flexible, and can be easily communicated. And if it is like that, then accept that maybe a team is working differently and don't force them to push the highest risk assumptions then somehow into OKRs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Also, it is very important uh, to, to make sure that you understand that OKR does not necessarily bring focus. Yeah, right. So you are picking, uh, it's said that three to five objectives and each one can have three to five key results. This can start from nine to 25 items that then you, are, you need to define initiatives from. 
this is not necessarily the definition of focus. So if your company is also much smaller, if you need to focus on one topic, maybe yes, exactly again, high risk assumptions would be a better thing because you focus on the first biggest roadblock in front of you. Yes, you may increase it to again also three um, and say, okay, the first big one, the second biggest one, and the third biggest one of the roadblocks that we see right now are these. Uh, and these are the things we need to validate to move forward, but don't push okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally agree. Also, Kanban is a nice tool yeah. that could give you focus and speed and avoid the overwhelming of all product and tech teams. Yeah. Because putting everything in high priority and then expect everything to happen somehow leads finally to uh, unmaintainable products in the end. Yeah. Um, but you also mentioned in the beginning that you participated in processes where OKRs were working super well. Yes. So maybe we should also, after ranting a little <laughs> bit, adding some positive points. Yeah, so when, it, when they work, they work very well and very easily. So I remember at that company, we did not spend, um, I think each team spent maybe an hour together uh, to define the OKR. And then the whole company together, uh, we spent maybe, um, also the, the company was not necessarily big, at least the teams that were doing the OKR. So the product and tech team and the marketing team, marketing and communication team uh, were doing OKRs. Um, this group were about maybe 50, 60 people in total and divided maybe into um, five, n no, a little bit more maybe even, uh, maybe seven uh, teams. Mm -hmm. So seven teams were working on their OKR. So each one of those teams took one hour to define their own. And then after that, uh, we had a maybe two-hour session to just share it. And we did not necessarily go back and forth a lot that, hey, um, this doesn't make, this does not da-da-da-da-da. We didn't have a lot of back and forth. The team leads um, had first a discussion together, agreed on the uh, strategy. They agreed on the general aspects of they want to do. The teams uh, define the wording of the OKR and the metrics that they want to achieve based on the company objective. And uh, then at the, at the end, the only comment from the other teams received were, um, hey, I did not understand this wording. Maybe you had to replace this word with that. And that's it. Yeah. It was very clear, very short sentences. They were not really a two-line three line sentence well like make this number from this to this that was one of the key results and the objective was we want to for example have a better ux so something very simple that also sounds for me very much like a lot of trust yeah to be involved yeah that you that you in the team trust the other teams that they do the right decisions exactly. and not feel yourself forced to to change their plan. So trust overall as a company value, but also trust in your team lead that the person is able to communicate that upfront yeah. and to clarify it, to give the, the actual team 
creativity and freedom and focus inside the key results exactly. or inside the objective. Exactly. And also the, the trust from the managers and team leads with their teams that, yes, I believe I have hired the right person for this reason. Yeah. That's that's what they, I'm allowing them to do. Also a nice uh, misuse of trust if you as a manager goes into and uh, correct all objectives yeah. <laughs> and give some more feedback and just, just spare it a little bit. Yeah, or even sometimes I have seen that even before the teams get the chance to define their objective and key results, the leads define exactly the initiatives, the details of their OKRs, and then share that as a guidance to the to the teams. And then the teams will uh, take that and, and work with that, which makes sense for the teams that just formed. So if your team is completely new and they haven't yet worked on the topic uh, to get the same understanding completely makes sense. Or if the teams have been um, have been recently reshaped. So I was, for example, in marketing and now I'm in the other side of marketing or uh, now I'm instead of being in B2B, I'm in B2C. In that scenario, I do not have the understanding yet. And it makes sense to get a in-depth guidance to get things started until the next quarter, the next round of OKRs, you figure it out yourself as a team member. I agree. <laughs> so there are very valid use cases for OKRs and it is definitely worth to, sh to try it. But uh, get into the topic and try it on small scale and don't expect that OKR solves anything. They make your problems visible and then you need to really work on them. And then OKR is a great skeleton yeah. to, to put meat to the bone. Exactly. And also maybe sometimes simply you do not necessarily need an OKR framework. You just need to define a goal, a target state and define where you are at. And then that's it. You do not need to necessarily divide it in objective and key results and da da da. You can, you can find what works for you and for your team with the feedback of the team members. Like, okay, does this work for you? Does this help? And see if you are able to put everyone behind two, two <laughs> points, <laughs> an actual point and a target point. That's already yeah. a challenge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Alrighty, so. With that, we go and uh, increase trust in our teams. Yes. And prepare for the next episode. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to what AI is able to do out of this recording. Oh, me too. It's an interesting episode. So maybe my post-production skills are good enough that I can disable the AI filter right now. So you can hear the real, the real recording and then compare <laughs> what AI did out of it. Enjoy the sound of our surroundings. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we say goodbye from Product and Cake until the next episode. Don't forget to recommend this episode to someone who's thinking about OKRs at the moment. Oh yeah. Or also because it's interesting to hear what AI can do with this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ciao. Bye.